If you give your attention to the glory of God, out of your mouth will come what you are looking at. Behold, see him. There he is. People will look where you're looking. Hallelujah. That lady had had two uh, slip discs. Instantly she felt the Without anybody laying hands on her, just as I, sh I shared a word of knowledge, the heat of God came into her back and she felt it get really hot and then start tingling. And then she realized she was completely healed and got up and danced and bent over and the next day was just still showing everybody. And um, another lady who uh, was a nurse in a nursing home and they'd had a fire and had to evacuate 40 residents really quickly. And she'd uh, injured her ankle in the process. And this had been, um, I think, a few months back and still was having trouble with her ankle. And she got up and testified, the Holy Spirit has just touched me, completely healed me, and many, many others with pain and uh, a glorious testimony. So we had a lot of, I had a lot of fun, hallelujah. That was, that was very fun. I truly believe that it's very important that we keep our focus on what the Lord's doing right now and not miss what the Holy Spirit is doing. As the world is getting more and more anxious about nuclear war and fear and all the things, the glory of God is being revealed to the people of God and He is going to do great signs and wonders for His name's sake, hallelujah, that the world would see the one who is worthy, the one who is worthy of hope and trust because he is God, hallelujah. And we have the answer and his name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Lamentations. Lamentations chapter three. If you think, oh no, I came on the wrong day. Wait, it's okay. Praise the Lord. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. I like that. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I have hope in him. Hallelujah. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Hallelujah. This whole theme of seeking the Lord is something I believe the Lord is speaking about right now. Uh, Psalm 9, verse 10. And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you have not forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 34.10, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. We read about this all the way through Scripture. Constantly, the Holy Spirit is speaking through the prophets, speaking about seeking His face. You know, sometimes people think about this concept of seeking the face of God, and then they think, well, 
This is a strange concept because I thought that no man may see the Lord and live. So how do you seek the Lord, if, seek his face if you can't see his face? And what's that all about? But then we read constant uh, examples of people who did encounter the face of God, who did encounter the glory of God, who saw him and found him. But Ephesians chapter one talks about the Holy Spirit enlightening the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of him. So I believe that the Holy Spirit is not telling us to seek him as this, as this temptation to, ha ha, look at me, but I'm not, you're not going to find me. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29, you, who knows this one, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I'm reading it from the NASB, so it's a little different. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So when he tells us to seek his face, he also promises us, I will be found by you. If you look to me, I will be found by you. We've been talking about prayer these last couple of weeks. I was sharing the other week about Jesus when he'd pray. When Jesus would pray, we read Jesus lifting his eyes to heaven or Jesus raised his eyes. He lifting his eyes, and again, lifting his eyes before he feeds the 5,000, before he raise, raises Lazarus from the death, before, death, be, death, before he opens the deaf man's ears and the mute speaks and the deaf hear, we see Jesus lifted his eyes, lifted his eyes to heaven, raised his eyes to heaven, where the Father is making his face shine on him. Why did he do this and why do we have it recorded in scripture? It's because Jesus knew that as he, as fully God, fully man, had come to the earth to show us and demonstrate what life could look like as we would depend on his Holy Spirit, hallelujah. And he was showing us that if you look here, if you recognize who it is that life comes from, if you look to the one from whom all blessing flows, from whom all power and all glory comes, he is the one that will do the thing that you are asking for. Hallelujah. We talked about when we pray, we don't just pray prayers, but we are communicating, we're talking to God. And in order to talk to him effectively, in order to pray effectively, we need to be looking at the one we're talking to. Otherwise, our faith is in our prayers rather than in the one that we are praying to. Hallelujah. So just like Jesus, he wants us to lift our eyes to heaven. He wants us to fix our eyes on him. I wanted to start today by looking at the book of Acts, chapter 7. Stephen was about to be martyred. He was a, 
um, a deacon in the church that the apostles had said, you know, we can't do all of this waiting on tables. We can't be sorting all these things out, these disputes. We need to appoint some men full of the Holy Ghost to take care of these things and help us look after this stuff. And uh, Stephen was one of these. And Stephen, as well as serving, he would, go, he would preach the gospel to whoever he could find and great signs and wonders were being done uh, through his hand. And so he caught the eye of the Pharisees who really didn't like that he was promoting this Jesus of Nazareth that they had just thought they'd done away with. We thought we'd finish this. And here they are. There's more than ever. They're everywhere. The, word, the, the word's getting further and further out that there's this Messiah that's come. And they, they really were not happy. So they came after Stephen. And they brought some false accusations. They brought some people to um, blaspheme, uh, to, to speak against him. We'll pick it up in verse 11 of chapter 6. It says here, they secretly induced men to say, we've heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And, uh, and they stirred up the people. You know, people still do this today. They bring a false re report and then that false report gets whispered and shared and shared and shared again. And then they stir up the people. Be careful you don't get stirred up by troublemakers. Hallelujah. Be careful that you don't get drawn into that which is not for you to give your focus and attention to. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came to him and dragged him away and brought him before the council. They put forward false witnesses who said, this man incessantly speaks against this holy place in the law, for we've heard him say that this Nazarene Jesus will destroy this place and alter the customs which Moses handed down to us. And fixing their gaze on him, all who were sitting in the council saw his face like the face of an angel. You imagine Instead of him looking with worry and anger and like frustration and hurt, like, oh my gosh, you know, you're telling all these lies about me. Instead of a furrowed brow, they're seeing a shining face filled with peace, filled with joy, like that of an angel. What they're saying there is it was supernatural. We're looking at this man and he had a supernatural glow. He had something that wasn't natural. He, you know, he wasn't reacting. He wasn't reacting. He was responding to what his eyes were fixed on. Hallelujah. We need to be really careful that we don't become reactive people, but that we become responsive people, responsive to the one that we are focused on. Set your mind on things above. Hallelujah. Not on the things of the earth. Because the things of the earth will get you all stirred up and stressed. Hallelujah. Where's my microphone, people? Yes, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Chapter 7. So in response, Stephen just begins to talk about Moses and talk about how Moses was a man of God and he talks about all the law and all the things and explains to them the history of Israel and how the prophets had prophesied about the coming Messiah and the people would 
persecute and martyr the prophets. And then he talks about Joshua and David. And then he finally, he says here, at the end of chapter 7, verse 51, you men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit. You're doing just as your fathers did. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. Verse 54, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they began gnashing their teeth at him. Wow. When you read about Peter on the day of Pentecost, he told the people pretty much the same thing. He preached, hey, this Jesus is the one that's been prophesied all through scripture and you've just crucified, murdered the righteous one, the Messiah. But he's risen again, and he has mercy for you today if you will call on the name of Jesus. And they were cut to the heart. What have we done? We were among the crowd that were crying out, crucify him. But their response when they were cut to the heart was repentance. And they turned, and they, they looked to the Lord. What must we do to be saved? And they looked to the Lord and they found the Lord. The Holy Spirit came and 3,000 were saved in that day. Well, the same words are here. But when they heard this, that's the religious Pharisees, they were cut to the heart and they began gnashing their teeth at him. You know, <coughs> when conviction comes, we have a choice either to look up to heaven or to lash out at the people around us, to react to the emotions and the things that we are feeling and to begin to look for someone else to accuse or attack. We have to be really careful. They both had exactly the same opportunity, the same confronting news. You've murdered the king of glory. And one lot went, oh, God, what have we done? Oh, oh, Lord, what have we done? And they were saved. Hallelujah. The other lot went, ah, oh, who can I lash out at? Who can I accuse? You're making me feel bad. So, hey, I'm going to find something about you that I can, I can lash out at. And you, we can read this and go, oh, yeah, those Pharisees. But we can sometimes respond like this if we're not careful. We can also resist the Holy Spirit if we don't remember the, the heart of the Father is for us to continually seek His face. Hallelujah. Seek Him and I will be found by you. Instead of reacting, we can be like Stephen and have a face shining like that of an angel. Hallelujah. But I want to read this next part, verse 55. It's beautiful. Are you ready? It's really good. Like, it's, it's worth being vocal about. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, 
behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Wow. So instead of lashing back at them and going, yeah, you hopeless hypocrites, I knew you'd react like this. His reaction is looking up to heaven like Jesus did. I like it here. He says he gazed intently into heaven. Full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven. When you are in a a situation where you're feeling persecuted or you're feeling under attack or you're feeling harassed or your emotions are doing something. You know, this cut to the heart, if you read that in the Greek, it's about their emotions being stirred up. When your emotions get stirred up, God says, lift up your eyes to heaven. Let me fill you to overflowing with all my fullness, the fullness of my spirit, the fullness of my love, and gaze intently at me. Because as it says in Jeremiah 29, if you'll seek me, I will be found by you. Hallelujah. Seek and you will find. So gazing intently, he, it, was a, it was a focus that he gave intentionally. He didn't just go, oh God, I hope you're there. He looked with an expectation to see the one who loved him more than life. Hallelujah. Gazing into heaven, what do we find? He doesn't just go, oh God, where are you? He gazes with this glorious faith, hallelujah, that's expecting to see the Lord and see the Lord he does. It says he saw the glory. He saw the glory of the Lord. And the result of seeing the glory of the Lord and Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, you know, some people would say, especially some religious people would say, you can't see Jesus. Well, Stephen did. So did John and quite a few others. Hallelujah. Post-ascension. Seek and you will find. Hallelujah. He will make himself known to you. It doesn't have to be an open vision like this, but it could be the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Every day, the Holy Spirit wants to enlighten the eyes of your understanding. That is, open the eyes of your heart to see him. If you will seek him with all your heart, or as it says here, gaze intently. I believe the Holy Spirit's inviting us to gaze intently. Gaze intently because as you do that, the Lord says, you will see my glory. And the result of seeing the glory is he couldn't contain him. He had to say, behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Sometimes we read biblical language and we we let it distance us from what the Lord's actually speaking to us today. But behold is basically saying, everybody look, look at that. <laughs> Do you see what I see? He was asking them because he couldn't help it. 
It's almost as though he, the accusations and the gnashing teeth were irrelevant because suddenly, oh, having gazed intently, I see the glory. Everybody, everybody, look. You see, the result of you giving your focus and attention to heaven is that you will be compelled to get everybody to look there too, to look at him. The world doesn't want to look at your self-righteousness or your anger or at anything else. The world is longing to see him. Jesus is the desire of the nations. They don't know it, but if they would look with an intention and a heart to seek him and find him, Jesus will reveal himself to them because this is what the heart of every man, woman, and child absolutely deeply longs for. Because when you see him, nothing else matters. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The psalmist says that in his light, I see light. Job, after all his friends had tried to explain his troubles, the Lord speaks. And then Job responds and says, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you, and I repent in dust and ashes. And then the Lord restored double to him for all his trouble. Hallelujah. When he got his eyes on the one, on the only one from where our help comes from, suddenly he could see clearly. That's where repentance will come from. You know, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, you wonder why, or I don't know about you, but I've sometimes wondered, why doesn't it start with, forgive me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, forgive me for my sins. Why do we start with, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Like, I mean, surely we should do the sin thing first. But actually, he's already done the sin thing, hallelujah and that he's paid for it, and he says, you won't have faith to receive forgiveness until you see me. In that, that's why just talking to people and telling them they need to repent without showing them who he is will not bring effective fruit. Because the faith of God is needed to receive the mercy of God. And the faith of God comes from seeing him, which is why the preaching of who the Messiah is, the preaching of who God is, enlightens the eyes of our understanding as we behold him, as we say, our Father who is in heaven, and we lift our eyes to heaven as we gaze intently, as we look there, Hallowed be your name. Then we have faith to begin to ask for what we need. Then we have oh, in his light, revelation light, so we can repent properly of where we've sinned. Hallelujah. We can forgive those who've sinned against us. 
our God is an awesome God. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to give our full attention to seeking his face. Gazing intently into heaven, he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they'd driven him out of the city, they began stoning him and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who later went on to become Paul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. I just think the martyrdom of Stephen is just such an incredible, holy, amazing story. And it's an inspiration for us that it doesn't matter what you're walking through. There is a peace that passes understanding. There is a joy inexpressible and full of glory. If you will give your attention to the glory of God, people will see the glory of God on your face. If you give your attention to the glory of God, out of your mouth will come what you are looking at. Behold, see him, there he is. People will look where you're looking. God's looking for us not to get so embroiled of, at, by looking at the problems and looking at the things. He wants us to look at him and then in his light, we can see everything from a heavenly perspective, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the glory of God. Hallelujah. We'll have power to do everything that he asks us to do with the glory and the peace and the joy of Christ. Hallelujah. He'll give us the power to walk in holiness and righteousness. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. It wasn't if my people will turn from their wicked ways and humble themselves. If they will humble themselves, that is recognize for us, oh, thank God, it's no longer me who lives. Thank you, Jesus, I need your mercy. Have mercy on me. Thank you, God, that you are God and I'm not. You are Lord. Oh, God, I thank you for your life. As we humble ourselves, as we pray, that is looking at him, talking to God, seeking his face, we'll have power to turn from our wicked ways. Hallelujah. And God will be found by us. He tells us this, not because he's up there and demanding. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be filled with joy and peace and freedom and the glory of God. Hallelujah. I want to finish today's program by telling you this powerful testimony. This little baby had a huge umbilical hernia that disappeared in front of everybody. We were in Brazil when I had a word of knowledge that someone right in front of my hand has a hernia. Well, this mum right in front of my hand brought her little baby who had a huge umbilical hernia popped out that you could see on her belly. And as we prayed, it completely disappeared. 
I love it when God does miracles because they testify to His majesty and goodness. He's the same yesterday, today and forever and He wants you to know Him. I'd love to invite you to become a monthly partner with us. I love connecting with our monthly partners through our monthly mentoring that we do on Zoom and Facebook. And it is just so beautiful to pray together, to have opportunity for question and answer, and to really see what the Lord's doing in your lives and to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. It's very special. I'd love to invite you to be a monthly partner with us to help us take this message around the world. If you'd like to become a monthly partner, you can do that through the website.